Welcome to the Zulu Time podcast, a straight talking conversation between two watch enthusiasts about the world of military watches. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 91 to the Zulu, of the Zulu Time podcast with your host Dan from Timely Underscore Moments. So guys, I hope you enjoyed episode 90, which was the five watch collection for £15,000 at retail. The challenge that um, me, Joe and Justin set for ourselves. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out because I'd like to think we've highlighted a couple of different brands and watches that aren't the normal flavour within the Zulu Time podcast. Um, however, uh, this episode, episode 91, is a completely different episode. It's another panel discussion, however, uh, and it is an interview with um, Porsche Watches. So without further ado, Sam, Emmett, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having us. Um, Emmett, welcome, mate. Yeah, yes, I am. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. <laughs> um, right, so gents, because you are my guests for this evening, uh, I've got two traditions on my podcast, uh, and I know we loosely discussed it before we jumped on the actual recording. Uh, one is a wrist check and obviously the closing note to, at the end. So as we're at the beginning of the episode, gents, do you want to take it away with what watches you have on your wrists this evening? I bet you can go first. Well, as uh, a certified sketchy dude, uh, right-wing Navitimer, can't really see it very well there in the light. There we go. Nice. I have it in a number of years. It's about, uh, I think it's a 2009 model before mm -hmm. the B changed. So it's about wings, um, classic chronograph. Always wanted one and was managed to pick one up for the, the right price in the second-hand market a number of years ago. And I, I wear it daily as a result. Really nice watch. Nice. I like Breitling. I, um, my first luxury watch uh, on a special project side was actually a Breitling as well. And similar to yours, has the original winged B, which... Uh, I just think belongs on all Breitlings. Like, I'm yeah. not saying that Breitlings without the B, the wings on the B aren't Breitlings, but I just think that the dial symmetry is slightly off. It just looks a little bit sparse for me. Absolutely. Yeah, my first luxury watch was a Breitling Sky Racer limited edition, and I still have that. I wear nice. that. I don't wear it much, but it's, you know, that was the first, like, real watch watch mm -hmm. that I bought. So, you, so. so what I'm getting from this is that you uh, uh, consider yourself a bit of a sketchy bloke. That's what I'm getting. No, well, Sam thinks I'm a sketchy because of that article. Um, yeah. Going about wearing one and a few other, you know, Eric Prince. So it's become an inside and ongoing joke. Nice. Nice. Sam, what about yourself? What have you got on this? Uh, got the uh, Glycine uh, combat sub. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's not anything historical. It's, it's one of the newer ones that they've come out with, but I've always been a fan of glycine with their aviation uh, mm -hmm. watches and uh you know it, it just it just feels good it's I, I think sometimes a watch company has a good feel and a good design and it's uh it's just one of those things that you must have mm -hmm. in your collection because it's so simple right and, mm -hmm. and there's certain things that just feels good it's not about money it's more so it's like hey uh they did all the little proper details that make it unique yeah attention to detail right in your business yeah is, it's is a big key. thing and also at the end of the day if those you know little if that minute attention to detail adds up to a really good wearing experience and clearly you're doing it well um i've never had any experience with uh glycine uh vintage or modern to be honest um other than at watch shows but again 
from what I've heard, really good watches. Um, I have got uh, something very Zulu time, uh, timely moments um, on my wrist this evening, and uh, I'd like to think you'll enjoy it. So um, I've got a Bramon Alt 1C uh, chronograph, mm -hmm. which was a part of a limited edition run done back in 2015 for the Intelligence Corps. Um, so it's got the rose on the subdial with the core motto. And the um, chronograph seconds hand, the tip is actually green instead of red uh, in the core colors of um, the intelligence core. Um, the strap is on at the moment. I just want to give a quick shout out to Ethan over at the Covert Crown. Um, he's recently um, got into watches quite, quite big. Um, really good guy um, out in, um, I believe he's in Virginia top of my head because i have posted out a podcast coin to him and i can't remember the state that i wrote on the address um but it's either virginia or north carolina and um yeah he makes these really nice handmade single pass nato uh, nato straps uh and he embosses them with his logo which you can just about see guys um, oh nice and it's yeah. a rose um and obviously the intelligence core the the cat badge of the intelligence core is the rose so the only watch that you could go with by default was that was yes. that so uh it's a, i like to think it's a war winning combination so yeah really cool um gents what got you both into watches because you know you both come from different backgrounds you both got a different you know clearly different tastes but you appreciate similar things in watches and now that you run your own watch company clearly you've got to pay attention to that but where did your watch individual watch like journeys for want of better expression start well, you want to, Emmett, you want to go? No, I think you've got, you've got okay. longer watch history, history than me. Yeah, yeah. So, so I got into watches when I first got out of college, and I worked in a, uh advertising radio um, uh, advertising radio uh, shop where, like, uh, you know, a lot of it were sales guys. And so, you know, in the sales uh, piece of it, watches were a huge part of who they were identity wise it's almost like a hierarchy and pecking order who has the nicest watch obviously brought in the more of the ad sales and uh one day uh when there wasn't uh the uh group of folks that were in the sales department there was only one other sales guy and he started explaining to me he said sam these watches are a chapter in our lives right and i was like oh that's a pretty good idea so you buy what you can afford and then you know later on meeting another gentleman in my career um he had said like you know you save up instead of buying all these weird watches like you have one that's nicer right and and so again it kind of reinforces the the bookmark of where you are in your life and I think the, the third part is, you know, if you have um, children, you know, I joke around with people that have um, uh, these smartwatches and uh, I tell them, you know, these things in seven, eight months become obsolete. I said, if you don't have an expensive watch, uh, of course, my faulty logic is I try to push on everyone is like, you must not love your children, right? Very, very <laughs> extreme, right? Because I said, you can't pass down anything. So I said, if you have five children, you should have five watches because that will live on with them afterwards, right? And I, I truly believe that because I've, I've seen families where, you know, they're graduating and they're they're getting to the, the big part of their life mm -hmm. and their father opens up the drawer and gives them something that was very meaningful to them. So in, in that same respect, that's kind of uh, where my journey has gone from, mm -hmm. hey, you know, a, a guy that was in the sales department of ad sales explained to me, hey, that should be a 
monument to where you are in your career. And now being a father of two girls, it's uh, I have something to give them each. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, and that's that's something that's important that, you know, until that mission is done, you got to keep pushing uh, for your collection. I like that. I've never heard of a watch be referred to as a chapter in your life, but, you know, I clearly in my personal um, collecting journey, I've marked milestones in my career. So I, I like that as a, a, you know, I really resonate with that. And uh, I'll also hit up my own dad about uh, maybe, you know, handing me down some more watches because uh, obviously that's a, a nice thing. So, I mean, not that I, he hasn't already done it. Uh, he has, but maybe I can try and see, you know, he's got, he's got four, chi- he's got four children, Sam, and uh, right. I'm the only one who's got the watch bug. So in right. theory, that means uh, there's another three watches that could be on the way. Uh, right. Emmett, Emmett, what about you, man? How did yeah. you get into to watches? I, I always liked them, even, even as a child. I didn't know much about them and I certainly didn't know the, the ins and outs of them. But mm-hmm. I, I always remember in the 1990s, my dad had a really nice tag hire, uh, Steel. Yeah. I don't know what model it is. I must ask him. And then I think around 2001, 2002, um he'd been recently promoted and he he decided to to kind of go and get himself as we mentioned earlier on before we came on the uh two-tone rolex submariner date justin he's he's um like myself a big steve mcqueen fan you know yeah. bullet and uh various films and you know mcqueen always wore that had the pepsi dial and all, and all the rest of it and uh, I, I became very aware of that watch and he still has it it's very distinct it's steel and gold um mm-hmm. it's not a gaudy two-tone i think it's it's before it became very you know the two tones became questionable in, in yeah. my mind but it's a beautiful watch i was always always fascinated by it he, he still wears it every day he still uses a heart uh, he has a he had a, a heart operation a number of years ago so he does wear a smart watch a little bit to monitor vitals mm-hmm. and whatnot he's not feeling right but by and large he wears this watch and and interestingly as well i always found it crazy and, and sam told sam about this he's like what is he doing he used to always wear it on the job so whether he was smashing doors or sitting behind a desk or driving a, a patrol car, he was he would he would be wearing this watch. They'd be going on a raid or something. Guys, would be going, are you wearing that watch? And he's like, yeah, yeah. If the guy gets that close to me, we have a problem, um, because he's from the old school, right? So course, back when they yeah, yeah. fight properly. So, um, he, I, I was always aware of it, and then I was kind of I was finishing up a, a master's degree, and I my present from folks, I spent a lot of time outdoors. Used to go to Wales quite a bit, and and uh, trudge around Brecon with a very good friend of mine, Andrew Barrett, and they gave me a, a G-Shock uh, Frogman, mm-hmm. uh, black and red one. And it's yeah. really nice to have it, still use it when, I'm, when I go hiking because it's it's a reliable, it's solar, does it takes all the boxes and it's robust. But I, I always felt I was missing something in terms of, you know, if you were going to a graduation or, or something, you know, a, a function of some description. So that's when I, I decided to pick up the... Um, the Breitling Sky Racer limited edition. I, I didn't know it was a limited edition when I bought it at the time, but the gentleman who I I, I bought it through a, a well-known uh, watch and jewelers shop here in Ireland, um, near where I'm living, and the previous owner had worn it about, you know, he'd worn it about for about six months and then got tired of it. But he was one of these watch guys who just trades in. Yeah. So as the trade in value on Breitlings isn't great, so he 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 made the he took the hit on in terms of the purchase and I collected on the other end by getting a really good second hand price, but I'd always liked Breitlings, but the one I really wanted was always the Navitimer. I don't know, it's just it's just that hardback. I'm big into aviation anyway, in the history of aviation, particularly military aviation. Um, you know, Royal Air Force during the Second World War, even even the Luftwaffe, some of the, the watches that they had, the Omega and the Bur, and very you know depending on what side of the channel you were on. So there's a you know the the link to history aviation. Um, and just the, the old world kind of classiness of, of the, the chrono design, particularly if it's done in this stylish way, which I do think the pre 
change, logo change with Breitling does encapsulate still. So that was the that was the logical progression for me with watches, and uh, it, it was kind of a journey. I don't know where I'm going to go next. There's no Breitlings that are screaming by me, by me at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Sam and myself have had a constant back and forth over the last number of years because I I would really like an early seventies um, date just. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a beautiful one in the Amsterdam watch company in Amsterdam last February. I was in February, no, sorry, last July, uh, while on a on a work trip, and it was thirteen thousand euro. I mean, you couldn't dive with it; you'd have to mm-hmm. mind it. But it's just I tried it on, and I was I was I, I have to have one of these. I haven't managed it yet, um. But we'll get there. I think that's going to be the next watch milestone for me. Is going to be um a, a vintage Rolex. Fantastic. Um, Sam murder me, but you know what? You gotta like what you gotta like. Well, that's the point, isn't it? And I think the other side of it is, you know, obviously, clearly we're here to talk about Porsche as well. But like you guys run a business, right? And you, yeah. I think, in order for you to stay true to what you've started uh and how you operate i think as well you have to a like what you like you know and appreciate yep. watchmaking for what it is right you can take a design cue from you know that glycine combat sub that's on your wrist sam and you could take you know a, a design cue from the breitling and how they do it be it you know the dial printing the text or you know right down to like case shape and l- lugs for example you know what i mean or even just if you were to develop i don't know you know i'm just going wax local now but if you were to develop your own chronograph you know, years down the line or whenever, you know, you may turn around Emmett and say, well, actually I was inspired to do a chronograph because I really like the mechanical feel on how the Breitling pushes operate. And that's what I want to emulate in my watches. You never know. And to dovetail with that, I mean, Sam and myself have discussed a chronograph over the last 12 months. It's it's not a project for 2024, Mm -hmm. but I would imagine without, without putting the cart before the horse, it will be a 2025 project, depending on how things are going, because, we do again it, it's a it's a logical historical progression in terms of what we're interested in and the things you know the the, the people we, we meet and bump into and even a very good friend of mine at the minute is transitioning from being a policeman to being a to being a pilot mm-hmm. and you know it'd be, it'd be you know something that that could be developed with someone who's in the industry too you know on a personal level and this yeah. you know watches our personal item i mean yeah. we've all seen pulp fiction we know how personal they can be <laughs> yeah. yeah i just I, I wouldn't want to ever be the person who ever had to do that no <laughs> certainly not what a 43 mil brightling no thanks no exactly <laughs> <laughs> that, that takes special talent it would it would it would do wouldn't it you know they'll take a they'll take some time to to to, to get into that situation but uh you know you have to relax yeah definitely not something i'd want to do um gents with with Forsha then so obviously you know that was your your individual stories but how did you guys actually come together you know i know Forsha is a um a passion project it started as a passion project you know and um, before I let you speak, a lot of um, people that I've spoken to and interviewed who are independent brands, be it, you know, independent straps, independent watchmakers or guys who do modifications for watches or servicing. A lot of the people I've spoken to for the last couple of years all turn around to me and they say that for them, the pandemic was actually a push for them to go, right, actually, I've got some headspace with my, you know, my personal life, my professional life, and I just want to see if my passion project can actually take off. I'm assuming that's something similar with Fortune. Well, the, the funny thing is it wasn't a, hey, let's see if it'll take off. I honestly thought, hey, I'm going to make 10 for my friends and that's the end of it, right? So it wasn't a taking off. I had a terrible boss uh, at McDonald's. Uh, I, I worked on an AI project and uh, uh, it, it was just like the motivation of 
me not wanting to pay attention during meetings, right? The two things I did during the pandemic was play guitar during meetings mm -hmm. and work on watches, right? <laughs> like when we get to that success rate, I'm going to send them a Christmas card every year of thank you for being the worst boss. You're a complete idiot. Mm -hmm. And you are the passion behind four yeah. years, <laughs> you know? Well, and, and so the, the, the joke behind it is we're just going to make 10. What we'll say yeah. again? I mean, this, this is a this is a revenge project, not a watch project. It's funny, isn't it? How someone that negative can have such a positive impact in a person to go out and do something like, you know, it said positive for you as an individual, isn't it? You know? Yeah. It's really he has no control. He has no mm -hmm. control of that, 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 that hemisphere that we built. Yeah. Right. And, and so when 10, turned into 120 mm -hmm. like uh oh wow this is very strange right and uh um that's kind of how things took off it, it wasn't a thing of hey um let's do this right i had no uh desire to do that because doc had joked around with me pre-pandemic he said hey i can tell you exactly we were in south carolina uh wow. where he lives and he's like hey we should we should uh First, he tried to sell me his company. I was like, what do I know? You do all the building and the repairs. I know very little in, in that physical aspect that I can do some. I'm like, I'm not buying your company. Secondly, it's like, hey, you should uh, uh, start a watch company. I'm like, that, that is the dumbest idea. <laughs> and so here we are, right? And um, how I met Emmett was uh, Emmett has a communications uh, custom communications company and mm -hmm. so um I, I needed some gear and you know i ordered the wrong thing obviously and you know in, in true customer service fashion he had uh rung me and said hey these uh, these a does not equal c with whatever you have in the middle right mm -hmm. and uh, i was like oh well how does this work and so um we just kept uh, in touch and you know i'm one of those people when it's wrong i just buy another piece and what's wrong yeah. i just buy another piece until i figure it out so uh, with that being said, it kind of developed a relationship, uh, both from a customer of Emmett's and then, you know, we became friends and he, you know, obviously had an interest in watches and, uh, you know, this is kind of how the relationship developed and also kind of how the company moved forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then, uh, yeah, through, through the, through the, the comms business and yeah. it's military PTPs and headsets. Yeah. You probably process on, on Instagram, five, four communications, um, small, it's just a small firm as myself, a couple of people helped me, uh, and like that just rang Sam and it, uh, you know, and I, and I said it to him at the time, cause he was telling me about the watch project after a number of, I suppose, number, like, you know, quite a long, nearly a year, I would imagine we were just back and forth about various things. And mm -hmm. then he said, you know, I've got this watch thing and I was like, I like watches. Absolutely, yeah. I like watches. And we started talking about it. So I'll, I'll get you one of our new watches, that, which was the, the homage. Yeah. And um, I was like, listen, if this, if you do, if you want to take this a step further, if there's room, I want in. Mm -hmm. So strong armed in with some cash. Nice. And and here we are. You know? So you started yeah. with the homage, which was from yes. again, correct me from what from if I'm if I've got it wrong from you know my prior research. Um, but that is the Seiko dialed. 55, 17, 55, yes. 13, yes. homage to the Royal Navy. Yes. yes. So how many and of those in the end were effectively, you know, delivered? So yeah. 180 exactly, because that was what's in existence. And mm -hmm. the one thing that is something that Doc and Arthur 
that they absolutely did not like was soldering the lug. So we soldered them mm -hmm. just like the way they yep. should be. And uh, it was very painful for them because number one, uh, cutting those bars that are stainless is very uh, difficult. So mm -hmm. they had to get a set of uh, cutters just to cut those. And then secondly, like trying to fit everything and silver solder is another process. So from a manufacturing process, it's very uh, time consuming and arduous. If you look at all the other homage folks that are out there, they don't do that. Right. And mm -hmm. I think we, we kept a lot of things true to form. Um, the engraving on the back and the inside, as well as the, um, the crown uh believe it or not because of my previous stint with working with farms uh atf compliance uh had to force us um to engrave you know farms that you were uh you know working on and, and building um so we had those vendors in line it, it was just all these things that you yeah. learned you know all you know they say all roads lead to rome right and so yeah. it's one of those things where everything just kind of aligned and you're like oh i can figure this thing out of how to do this whereas if you look at a lot of the other homage builders they don't have the capabilities or yeah. they just it's they just don't know where to go of course yeah it's again it's similar to you know when before we got onto the uh onto the recording we were talking about how a lot of your story is a meeting of minds through happenstance and chance and just like you said attracting I'm going to call it watch positivity now for want of a better expression. You know, you guys have put out watch positivity and you've gained it back. And that's how these people have come in. And I think that's really interesting that you guys paid that much attention to solder the lugs and the method that you've done it. Like said, where other people just don't have that ability because they don't have those connections. Um, yeah. What I wanted to ask you about with with the uh, mill sub homage and what I found interesting is from your posts on both your Instagrams. And we're going to talk about that at the very end when we help remind people where they can get in touch with you guys direct mm -hmm. but you your client base wanted back a uh, uh, better expression for those 180 like i said all those watches are personalized but you know who or so you know how shall we how did um you know people find out about it you know and the people that were attracted to to that project were you surprised at the people who basically, you know, came to you and said, I will, I will put down the money for this watch, please engrave it with this? You know, was that quite surprising for you? Yeah, yeah. well, the, the past 10 <laughs> was surprising to me, right? And, uh, and, I, and I think there were so many like-minded people who wanted that but never it's i mean think about it you you've seen the prices they they start as low as two hundred thousand, and they mm -hmm. go all the way up into half a million and i'm sure it's gone up since whenever the last reading of uh you know at sotheby's or, or whatever yeah. auction house and so i didn't realize everyone had one of those pieces that they're like wow I know I can't afford it, but this is the closest one, mm -hmm. right? And and I think that was the unique piece of it. Um, there were people that I've I've heard where their fathers have had it, mm -hmm. um, and I was like, wow, this is crazy, right? And then um, the other aspect of it was um, just meeting people that I didn't think even had a remote interest, right? Mm -hmm. And it's it, it just you have to look at the email again. You're like, wow, that's exactly who I think it is, right? And it's just those are the things that have built upon um, what that uh, uh, homage project has been. So I, I realized that hey, there's a community here, and, and I kind of think that because of the outreach and the pouring of support for people that have loved their project, 
Um, this is kind of why Forger will never change the sword hands, right? Because if you really think about this, Daniel, like it's very surprising that um, Rolex didn't start. I think he's... it's just um, uh, based upon military uh, watch design that the MOD gave them, right? Yeah. And and the. The, the situation with that is that they had launched a tutor, you know, with, with unique hands. I mean, yeah. think about the MOD gave them everything. Why did you not carry on? Right. So that that's the, the great old question. So um, I, I think I, I love alternative timeline history, you know, even though it's fiction, sometimes yeah. it's just like, uh, you know, when I started as, as I, as we got into the Mark II, it was a story of, Hey, what if, this continue right mm -hmm. and it's like you know how marvel has the what if and yeah, the, the yeah. hulk meet blah 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 right so it's kind of one of those things and you know i, I think it's a very iconic uh design you can see exactly where the that point of the hand is going because it's, it's, it's a sword hand right and um and this is how things have kind of evolved and kind of pushed forward forward right and, and then you know um that's the easiest way to follow suit. One of the things that we did early on was have a um, design parameters, right? Yeah. And so uh, as we get to Swiss movements, the loom starts changing to BGW9. Okay. And anything that is uh, Japanese movements are all C3s, right? Okay. And then quartz will have a different um, loom because here's the thing. Um, one of the... Th things that sticks out in my mind is when um, certain car manufacturers come out with a car and uh, you spent your hard-earned money buying the expensive one and then they have a budget one. It looks really close. You're like, mm -hmm. mm, that's kind of strange, right? So we want at every bracket of person that can afford their watch um, to really have something they're proud of, but that's yeah. unique to them. Yeah. Right. So why it's like sometimes like when and, and this isn't a knock and an Omega because I love Omega, but some of them I have to look really closely and then maybe sometimes I can't figure out I got to run the reference. Is it quartz? Is it this? Is it not? You know what I mean? It's like, holy smokes, man, this mm -hmm. is crazy. Yeah, yeah, I get I get that. I think as well, like you said, if you're making these watches unique at each bracket that you're operating in for the individual, but they still have this force your DNA running through it. You know, there's that community that you guys have built yet like you said these people are still standing out within yes. what they want and i think that's really cool you know moving on to the mark ii you know again from looking on your your website and stuff like that, you've got uh, a mark ii effectively you know you've got from what i could, I could tell uh, a blue and a black dial you've got yes. um stick markers and you've yep. also got obviously uh three six and nine markers on on, yes. on another mm -hmm. iteration you know but you know what also ties all of those together um be it, you know, across the different dial variations is the fact that you have got your own logo. And I think for me, I, when I started noticing your logo popping up on my feed, I was like, these people obviously have, like you said, they've effectively, you know, for want of a better term, they've leveled up, they've started to put in their own DNA onto something that is now theirs. And they've, the way I look at your Mark IIs is, like you said, alternate timeline sci-fi nerd here is, like you said, it's, yes. if Porsche was approached yeah. by the MOD to continue, what would you have provided? And this is it, right? You know, but more importantly, your logo is now on the front. And obviously, we spoke about your logo. Um, for those who don't know what Porsche's logo is, it is a compass rose. Um, and Sam, you know, uh, 
you, what you spoke about the rose and compass rose and why it was so important for Forsha is really interesting. So do you mind just you know talking a little yeah. bit about how you came to pick the compass rose as your logo and what? Yeah, it absolutely. So for, for me, when we started Forsha, the compass rose is on every map, right? Mm -hmm. Since the dawn of time, right? It's the, such there's there's so many variations of how ordinate the compass rose is, but at the end of the day you can tell exactly, you know, every uh, map maker's rendition of the compass rose. Well, what it meant for me and, you know, speaking for Emmett is like, you know, because now you know that Emmett's a huge, you know, hiking outdoors person, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of finding your direction and, and it's kind of, you know, for me, it's, it's more like, Hey, make your own path. Right. Meaning like you don't have to follow the traditional rules and you can just go about and do um, what if there isn't a road, make one, right? Mm -hmm. And so as it perceived down the road with other folks that, you know, again, this is why I think a lot of the military folks and other federal folks that have come by and I have no idea what the other folks do other than you have a weird address, folks, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm starting to realize that because I had a message they asked us, you know, if we were prior service with intelligence, I'm like, no. And I was thinking to myself, why would he ask that? And then it dawned on me where, you know, if you go to the CIA on the big floor tile is a big compass rose along with the shield and an eagle, right? And so mm -hmm. it's like, that's the aha moment. So between the sword hands and the uh, compass rose, it's really, you know, signaling, hey, you know, come here, right? Yeah. And it just kind of like built something through, of you know, what we did, you know, uh, organically and not something on purpose mm -hmm. other than, hey, this is cool. I like it from this factor. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, Emmett, yeah. obviously with your background as well, you know, we laughed, we laughed earlier about, you know, some of the clients want a red expression and owners now of, of your Porsche watches, you know, talking about the funny addresses and stuff like that. Did you have, you know, in, you know, do you guys you know, appreciate when people send the photos back in of these watches in different places, you know, symbolizing it effectively, you know, you could draw the symbolization of, you know, Compass Rose and, uh, Rose and forging your own path with what for you guys are doing with Forsha, but also with people taking your watches to these various parts around the globe and doing what they're doing, be it sit at an office, um, being a lecturer, working in industry or working in the military. Do you guys appreciate that when it comes back around to you? Absolutely. Um, it's it's funny the, cat, the the photographs fall into two categories. They fall into really really nice. I'm on holidays in Europe somewhere, James Bond esque, or I'm in mm -hmm. San Diego and I'm sitting on a beach drinking a beer and you know here's my wrist check. Thank you very much for whatever it is and whatever they're doing there. Who knows? And then and the other category is a wrist check and it's clearly the back of an armored vehicle or something of that nature and it's a really, really horrible place that you probably don't want to be wearing a watch, but you are there and that's, and that's the reality of it. And it's it, where we, we cross a, cross a number of, not even a number, but we, we, the, the I suppose the, the scale of the, you know, from, from the office guy to the guy who's doing, doing something somewhere for, 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 um, you know, government work is, is quite large. And we've been very, very lucky with that, yeah. that we've, we've managed to appeal to both sets of people. You know, we, we had a recent conversation with, um, with Ben, who we'll, we'll talk about in a minute from HR4K. And this is that idea that you don't have to be a sneaky beaky, um, special, special forces operator. You, you know, you, you can be an outdoors person, but you can, you can have a computer job during the week. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're getting into 
you you, you appreciate a nice timepiece. It's not going to break the bank. Yeah. And just to go back on what Sam was saying a few minutes ago, when when you like when you're when you contact us for a watch and with the engraving and various other things, you know, a lot of companies and and it was something that we, when we when we were starting out to when we knew we were going to like change the dial and we were yeah. going to cut our teeth with our own dial. Mm-hmm. So there were certain things like engravings and custom dials that we wanted to keep in there. Yeah. Because we knew at some point people it would gain traction people would start buying them and what are we doing we are we are we repping staple watches or we want people to you know send in photographs of our watches places like you said before we came on creating a legacy of sorts and that's what we wanted to do with it and i think we, we've managed to do that quite successfully for for the amount of time we've been you know we've been working on it as what was a pandemic project mm-hmm. um and to where we are now where it was you know get on a plane last january go to shot show yeah. you know we, some really really interesting people and and even just this last week we for for operational reasons because we're working on so many new projects at the minute we decided to not go to las vegas this uh, last week for shot but it's great to i mean we were only talking about it earlier this afternoon um how many people you know customers and and people who become friends who are in law enforcement but not necessarily in the military either have been sending in photographs from las vegas all week and mm-hmm. you've, you've seen some of the stuff on the feed that's you know one of our one of our clients putting up a photograph of a dylan Aero, um yeah. M34 minigun and here's a mark two yeah. you know like that's, that's that's the cool stuff yeah, yeah. you know that that's the, the pain the pain that you deal with when you have a anarchy customer or whatever mm-hmm. and, and also it just you know we we're very very honest about our own backgrounds as well there's a lot of people who have embellished their mm-hmm. their their careers and neither of us are waltz no one's yeah, into yeah. that no it's, no one is definitely not it's the, um it's and, you'll get found out of course and that's the thing isn't it i don't understand people who you know, uh, elaborate or, you know, or should we just throw it out there, blatantly lie about what they've done? Because in this, this day and age, it's always found out, right? Absolutely. You know, Google, yeah. Google yeah, exactly. So uh, uh, open source uh, intelligence is 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 a thing. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, some people's ex-wives are very good at it, I've heard. Um, <laughs> um, you know, we talk about, um, you know, your watches going out and, and, you know, Sam, you spoke at the very beginning about watches being milestones and stuff like that. And we spoke before you, you know, we started the actual recording and it's interesting about how, you know, your watches are now present at other people's milestones, be that in their career, be that, at, you know, it's a shop show, be that in their deployment, be that mm-hmm. in their work. But, you know, you said something quite touching earlier about how you think that you've basically been present at what five or six weddings yeah because it's it's their watch that they wanted to wear that day and it's very touching because you know even though Emmett and I can't be there in person for you to think of us I mean think about most people most normal people may get married once right Mm -hmm. and so it's even let's say you get married a couple of times the point of the fact is this isn't something you do every day this is not mcdonald's this isn't where you're going out and doing something regularly on you know seven days of the week this is something that's obviously sacred and special to you so for us to even be thought of as part of that ceremony is very cool right because you know i've been very fortunate to be invited to people's um uh retirement when they're when they're coming out of the military. I mean, think about it. that's blood, sweat, and tears that they put in. That is the time where um they were away from home, where their sons or daughters grew up alone with their mother because the dad was away, right? And you know, those are things that you only get to share with people that you want to be there. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh things that are personal like that, it's you open a little bit of insight 
into your life, right? Mm -hmm. Which they didn't have to. And they we're very appreciative of that. Yeah, and, cool. you know, kind of the part of even more so of the uh, photos, right? So because of Fred Burton, um, on his, you know, we have his graduating class, you know, from the DSS. And then, you know, um, we have other guys. Uh, oh, sorry, not not his watch and have the graduation uh, date of his uh, DSS uh, graduation, but uh, diplomatic security folks. There's a couple that have bought it. So there's there's uh, three in our uh, stable of uh, Forger family, and it's funny to see their graduating classes. And I was like, Hey, Fred, what was your graduating class? And it's very low, right? Because mm -hmm. he was in the very inception of it. It was kind of cool, and to see how many agents have gone ahead, right? Just like. You know, um, you know the the seals and on the um, on Jack's cars watch. You know, it has his graduating class. So it, it's very cool that again, it, it's an earmark in time of where they are that we get to see. Yeah, it's really cool. Really cool. Um, going back to um, your watches, and um, you know, before we move on to a little bit more the experience and like the future for for Forsha, but and I guess this does time with a little bit of the future for Forsha. You know, it's how you guys make certain things. You know, we mentioned earlier, um, I think you're probably the only micro brand for one of our expression that is doing uh, enamel printing. So what made you go that route with your dials? So the reason we went with that was we noticed a lot of stuff that were taking shortcuts, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I think part of it was by happenstance where um, the dial maker that we had been working with, that was just particularly his style, right? Yep. And so um, that was just by sheer luck. So the, the first mod zero is done in that fashion. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm never happy and neither is Amy, our art director. So Amy and I looked at things and said, you know what, what would make this one step better, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think the um, the reason indices was the next thing, right? And and I think it's just these subtle details. You do too much, you could literally collapse on the other end, right? Of trying to achieve something nicer. And that was just one of those um, uh, building blocks as you would, uh, of kind of making a nicer dial, you mm -hmm. know, just it, it, the enamel is just a very classic normal touch. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it makes it stand out as well. You know, like I said, it's a traditional element of watchmaking. And we spoke about earlier how you like what you like, and clearly you've taken that inspiration probably from some other, you know, um Absolutely. Watch, and yep. you've made it your own and makes you yes. stand out and it's different. Um with your watches now, we you know mentioned it earlier with you know the it uh the inception or you know the bringing in of quartz into into your lineup now and the, these different price brackets you know and you mentioned Ben Garwood over at HR4K, um what is that project about you know and what other projects are kind of on the horizon that you are willing to talk about for Forsha? Yeah, I mean the 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 project with Ben came out of the blue. I I know I knew Ben prior to Forsha. I, I know him mm -hmm. like about twenty. 15 or 16 um but back before he transitioned out of out of yeah. out of the armed forces into 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 his businesses I mean when he was growing hr4k and it just came out of a conversation and I think Sam will agree with me on this one it was a whirlwind um it started a conversation about an omega watch yeah. uh, that I was having with Ben and I said I'll, I'll talk to Sam and he said look we're we're looking at patrol um and standing up this this new side side enterprise or separate entity within the hr4k brand mm -hmm. and i hope i'm, I'm doing it justice 
not going to murder me later. Um, but if you've, if you've looked at the logo, it, it leans heavily on his his um, his heritage and, and his yeah. military service with the logo of the uh, land, sea, air and, and yeah. mobility troop within the regiment. And, you know, not necessarily a lifestyle brand, not necessarily a fitness brand, but, you know, catering to a, a broader demographic. And where he was saying, look, you know, blokes would like a, you know, a, a nice field watch, something that is robust, will last, will stand the test of time and um, won't break the bank. I mean, I don't know what a junior soldier in, in the UK makes uh, as a, you know, starting out, you know, after getting out of Catholic or whatever. But, you know, it's not a massive amount of no. money, not, not to join the police service anywhere. You're, you're on a very low, low mm-hmm. money. You don't you don't have necessarily a thousand or two thousand dollars or pounds or euro to spend on a watch so that was the brief he gave to us so i said oh, look i'll have a word with sam and we went over to sam and sam was like i got this mm-hmm. and with that i'll hand it over to him because i think we started at nine o'clock on a monday morning and by half past five that evening and this is only very recently we had a like there was there was six people on a zoom call thrashing out a watch yeah. and within a week you know over a number of weeks we started to really like tease out the details mm-hmm. uh, until you the renders that are on both of our pages at the minute and that's only that's only phase one of the project yeah and it's yeah. really really good to get in and, and the and the concept that someone would just be able to go to the px or down to the down to the stores and say look i need a watch but i haven't mm-hmm. got a grand but i have 350 no yeah. problem here you go this is the last you're going to belize or you're going to borneo on 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 uh, on exercise or you're going to you're going up to Senny bridge and you're going to freeze for two weeks that's no problem <laughs> we, you know yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It's cool. Uh, with those renders as well, like I noticed that there's um there are two different versions. Uh, and from what yes. I could tell, uh, there's one with effectively white markers on the bezel and one with orange markers. Were the color choices something that was dictated to you or was it something that you no, spoke the, about and it, you came to that as a natural, you know? No, so, so all the color stuff other than like basic ideas, that's all Amy's credit, right? Because mm-hmm. that's her world, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, how I design with stuff is I get just a parameter. So before talking to Ben, I had already been talking to Emmett about, hey, we need to have a watch that's quartz, that's, uh, you know, something that competes with um, a a plastic watch that, you know, um, that they issue, right? And, uh, you know, I think we've worked on a bunch of these uh, plastic watches that have come back after one deployment, the, it just won't hold water resistance mm-hmm. because it's using a slip crown. And so, you know, when I look at it, I'm like, okay, I understand that. Pardon me? And the DEET as well. Bug spray will melt, you know, damage the watch. Yes, so yes, not yes. Big issue. Yeah, that, that was a baseline that we had to had to deal with straight off. Yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, so there's, going there's into... stories of DEET. Sorry, Sam, but there's stories of DEET melting no. the backs of Sunto vectors back in the day. Wow. Yeah, I mean, think about it, it's petroleum, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, w- when you have these issues, you know, you have to come back to your roots where, you know, metal has surpassed all these uh, issues that you've come up with, even though you're, this may be a, um, you know, at the time of space age material, whatever mm-hmm. they want to call it, right? And so uh, when we looked at it, it's like, let's do two things with the round of movement, you can go thinner, right? So, you know, it's it's all these ounces that we can shave off. The other thing is that, you know, using the Ronda 715 movement, it's a very robust movement. And then 
um, Ben's requirement was that, you know, it has to be affordable. And yeah. so I thought about it and I said, I got it. I figured it out. This is how it's going to be. So I said, the first one, it could just be, if you're, if you're not working, you're jamming equipment, we call it EWR. So it's uh, electronic warfare resistant, right? So mm -hmm. it might fry your balls, but you know, you watch to be fine, right? <laughs> so, you know, if you don't need that function, right? So, so for instance, if you're just uh, the hipster guy that likes Ben's brand, and you like kind of uh, what Forger stands for, and you're just a hiking guy. Yeah, you can get one for in the in the middle threes, right? And uh, you could put it on a bun strap, and uh, go ride your motorcycle with your buddies, and you have a cool watch, right? Yeah. Um, so that is what we thought about. Okay, that's stripped down. Then level two of the the same watch is that it has a bronze insert, which bronze is non-magnetic mm -hmm. because of, you know, a lot of horology tools are made from bronze. And as long as it's protected, this is where your uh, magnetic resistance or, you know, EWR in that case is good for what you're doing, right? So that's your second tier. Then your third tier, you can upgrade to the 715LI, which is the 10-year battery um, uh, of uh, the um, Ronda. So that's uh, yeah. the, the, the Mercedes-Benz of what they offer in that quartz. And then the last phase of it is you'll get a titanium version that's even lighter with the um, option of uh, the 10-year um, the battery life of a Ronda 715LI, right? So there's everything for everyone and the highest tier will be under $600. Right. And so now we have something to give someone which, you know, either a they're budget conscious or, you know, they're, they're somewhere in life that um, this is the best they can afford. So with that being said, um, you have a watch that's metallic, right. Or metal made out of metal. And the other aspect of it is it's got, you know, uh, 20 atmospheres of water resistance that's deeper than most people will ever swim. Yeah. Um, unless you're a professional diver, then you need a different watch, right? Yeah. Um, or you're on a dive computer. Uh, secondly, you know, to make it true for, uh, you know, the the uh, Ben Juniors of the world that are just getting badged in, um, if you think about it, what is the main thing that got us started? It's those, it's solder lugs, right? So we're gonna make the case with an integral lug, right? That's that's machined in, right? So it, it'll never come loose. Uh, I mean, if it breaks loose, you've got bigger problems. You probably yeah. lost your arm, right? Yeah. So that's one of the other aspects of it. And then, you know, it, it, when you look at the uh, anti-magnetism piece of it, you can't find those watches for that price, right? Mm -hmm. And so the service that we're providing at that point is like, hey, you're a young guy on the job. You need something robust. Like, you know, like, what are your options? Like the, uh, you know, um, you're not going to get the Rolex uh, Milgauss um, uh, because it's it's extremely expensive. It's, it's more expensive than some of the other regular ones, right? Uh, the IWC um, with the soft iron, you know, and then so there's a couple other ones, but they're all out of reach, right? Yeah. And so, you know, and, and when you look at... Um, uh, like even, even watches like Panerai with, with the yeah. military heritage that they have as well. Yeah. I mean, unless you've got a spare $20,000 lying around, you're not buying one. Beautiful no, watches. No. But you're, you're just not going to get it. And even just to go, even in terms of the brief we had from Ben and we left the design cues to amy in terms of colors and various other things 
Sam's working on the parameters. He, he, like we're, we've gotten down to the point where we're not farming out what well, we are farming out the making of the strap that we want to put with the watch. So there's going to be two, two, so you can have uh, a straight up 20 millimeter NATO single yep. pass in metal colors or, you know, you, you're going to get like a, a black standard strap, mm-hmm. but we're, we're developing um, and I have the drawings. I should have the drawings later, uh, probably early next week at this point. Um, we're designing a, a military specific strap. Nothing that we're not reinventing the wheel, but what we are doing is kind of just slimming down the wheel. Yep. Uh, but we're, we're working with a, a very well-known um, or hoping to work with a very well-known UK uh, tactical nylon company, Luminae Design in, in yep. Scotland. The owner yeah. uh, is a friend of mine for many years. He's a, you know, they, they do great work. They do a lot of work for, for um, the bootnecks as well as the rest of the British army. Yeah. Um, I've got some luminized stuff on my. Yeah, um... exactly. And, and, and I, I messaged Rory and, and he's worked with Ben as well on some projects so that we're, we're, we went, we purposely went out within our own circle. We have people who can, who can do stuff, whether it's drawing or designing or sourcing materials and, and making sure we're the best, but we're not farming it out to big companies. who are just going mm-hmm. to give you any old things are going to be considered yeah and it's considered so like whether you buy the 600 dollar titanium watch or the baseline erw um or ewr watch you will have a really robust strap and the the idea we're working with is like a, a, a lined we were going to go with a neoprene lining but then we spoke to some diver friends of ours who said look that's not ideal and you know in a jungle environment might not might not be ideal might be uncomfortable so we went back to the drawing board and we're going to like a slim down bund but I think we're looking at different colorways. So it'll be multicam, multicam tropic, mm-hmm. you know, it's, so it'll, it'll appeal to, to guys going on, 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 on exercise or on tour, but also, you know, there'll be, there'll be people that will like, just like the camouflage aesthetic anyway, like, like Sam said, you can buy your motorcycle and really enjoy it. But I think with this project, like all the projects we do, we've really kind of gone down into the, really into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. Like who, who could we get who does excellent laser cut multicam gear in the UK? You know, yeah. there's a few companies I just happened to know Rory. So I, I, I rang him up yeah. and that was it. He's looking at another option. So we'll have various options with it. But again, it's, it's not farming it out to big, massive companies. We're, we're dealing with individuals. This, mm-hmm. I like we, we do we like the approach where you can pick up the phone and talk to someone about the issue that you have. You yeah. can explain it and they will add their, their own two cents to it and come back to you with something. Not like, oh, yeah, well, you have to buy a minimum of 500 and we're doing yeah. it this way. And if you like it, sorry about that. Yeah. It's not what we're about. We'll, we'll tailor it to what we need, what the customer needs. I, I always say it. We'll we'll ask you what you want, not what we think you want. Yeah. And like you said, you know, all the way through, like I said, I'll, I'll hop back to the conversation before we start <laughs> recording. You know, we talk about, you know, you are have the ability to put this level of detail and attention to each project, highlight the demographic that it is going to be useful for, and then also effectively share the love with other people that you've got these connections with who are also like yourselves, independent. They're the people on the end of the phone, like you said, and it makes more of a personal experience for everyone involved, right? And then therefore you get a better product. You know, we spoke about earlier how on your social media, you've got two separate social medias, but very, um, that's not very different, but slightly different um kind of well different demographics because obviously one's europe based one's american based and therefore the media that's on each one is slightly different you can tell that you know that that geographic there's a different flavor flavor but like you said people still follow both and it's great you know but more importantly i can i can direct message the eu page or i could direct message the american page and i'm speaking to both of you you know and 
those the messages will get to both of you eventually you know because you guys talk all the time and then it's still a personal experience you know you said earlier that the calendar in the year is 2024 but you know your um calendar in the year in in Forsha HQ is 1970 because you put in the extra detail with wax seals and hand typed notes as well you know and I think it just embodies this project clearly the attention to detail that you're putting into it just embodies you as a company as well yeah and, and even with what you're saying of like you know it's just the energy and and, and the working with different people like in, in this um i hate to use the word journey because it's just very bizarre right mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh that we've with you know uh, uh micah over at our watch co and he reached out to us and it was very nice because um i don't see other competitors working with each other right mm -hmm. and his first note to me because he's done he has uh, made the uh uh magnum watch that yep. jack loves and he said hey uh, i'm micah um, if, uh, you're working on something and you're releasing it, um, you know, let me know. So we don't conflict with you. I mean, absolutely didn't have to do that. Right. Yeah, he happens to live in the same state as doc in Georgia. So he's only like a three hour ride North from, um, <clears throat> the Savannah, Georgia area. And we've been talking nonstop ever since, because, you know, we, uh, have offered him, Hey, you know, we know that you've had the same challenges we had when we first started working on the homage watches and the homage cases, um, we're releasing the vintage reissue. You're more than welcome to use it. Um, you know, and, uh, I'll help you with the case back and crown and different things and whatever inserts you need. So you make it your own. Right. And, you know, sharing stuff like that with a up and coming, um, designer and watch builder and watchmaker such as Micah, it's it's very refreshing because um, a lot of times I bounce ideas off of him. And one of the things that, you know, um, he has helped us with was we didn't have a strap for the GMT. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a project that's taken us forever because it's, it's probably by far the most expensive project we've embarked on. And it sounds kind of crazy, but um, you know, trying to get the engineering right for the 96 clicks. It, it's, you know, some people take time because they either are stuck for us. It was just like, wow, that's a huge cash out. Like that was all it was. And so, you know, as it keeps going, you know, we, we whittle away and, uh, you know, he's like, oh, you know, there's, you should look at the, um, uh, lizard looking strap that, uh, is no longer made. And he said, there's a, uh, um, seller that has these new old stock. So we took it and we looked at it and like, wow, imagine I just modernized it by making a 22 millimeter, very similar to your story of the, the Seiko watch that you had that um, they scanned and modernized it, right? Yeah. So it's it's kind of those things where, you know, you want to bring a flair to it and still kind of respect where the history came from. And so, you know, when you have people like that, that helps you along the way, I mean, your village just got a little bit bigger. Yeah, of course. Like you said, I think um, you know, I'm gonna drop name drop another um another uh independent watch company now, Elliot Brown, you know, Alex, the 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 co-founder over there. And you know, um he always says, you know, there's there's plenty of room in the party, you know, for everyone. There really know? is. And you know, we can conduct for want of a better expression, I guess, gentlemanly warfare. You know, people will have different demographics attracted for what products you have, but you can all 
brings something to the party for everyone, you know, and, you know, you can still be competitors in terms of where you sit in a market in the industry, but you can still all get along, you know, at the end of the day. And like you said, use people as a sounding board to bounce ideas off. Yes, absolutely. And, and Samuel, Samuel recognized this phrase and a, a very good friend of mine, he's in the pharmaceutical in, industry um, and he's a bit of a lunatic, but he, he's a very, very good businessman in that industry. And he, he said to me years ago before even Forger, but he has reiterated it time and again since, he said, when you get to the point where you're counting your money and everyone else's money, mm. that's when you're done yeah. because that's greed and you don't, you can't have all of the cake. No. So like, a, you know, re, a, a, apart from just being a really nice guy, the Magnum watch that, that Jack Carr reps, beautiful watch. I mean, he has our yeah. watches as well. He, yeah, he, it is. I, I, in fairness, I, I wonder, does Jack get up in the morning and go, I wonder whose watch I need to wear today because I've been wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the same time, like to like you said to to reach out to to talk to someone who who in business terms would be a competitor yeah. and say i, I want to deconflict and so that we don't end up crossing our arc or fires or whatever was was amazing and you know the, the relationship has burgeoned since that has happened and probably would have anyway like look we, we'll help you with something because yeah. you'll help us with and getting that vintage strap to you know that that's i'm, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on one mm-hmm. when, the, when they're when they're ready um, it'll go really well on the black dial. It'll go really well on the on the GMT, mm-hmm. and it's got that apocalypse now throwback as well. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Dr. Uh, Mayor before before we came on, and you know the Mac V Sog guys who were blazing a trail in Southeast Asia all those years ago. I mean, th- that that stuff is still classic. It's classic for a reason, and mm-hmm. we all still. I mean, I, I have, I've yet to meet a military watch enthusiast who doesn't talk about Martin Sheen's watch or yeah. talk about bond watches. You know, it, it we all share these things. You know, watch guys are whiskey guys and whiskey mm-hmm. guys are cigar guys. There's a lot of common ground there. I think it's, you know, men don't get jewellery, but this is the closest we can get, you know. And uh, and it's, it's great to be able to talk to other people in the same realm and not have a, a confrontational uh, relationship with them. Or like you say, we can we can operate in the same sphere, but without... Without, you know, like like you said with Elliot Brown, it's a case of, well, you know, we're, we're all doing a similar thing, but we, we'll all make our own money. And yeah. that's fine. I mean, that's a, it's a big, big boys rules approach rather than, you know, we did get a little bit of flack. And Sam will probably remember this a bit more than me back with the homage was out people saying on, on some of the Seiko Mod forums because it is, it is such a big community. Oh, like, you know, oh, how come they're charging more money than this one over here that you can get on AliExpress? Now, we already explained, we saw it with the lugs. Yeah. We went into massive detail to find the parts you know are we worried about that kind of stuff not really that's just small talk mm-hmm. you know we're out there, we're out there doing and and so are the other companies and it's and it's great that you know people aren't it's not it's not going to be bane it's a dawn kind of thing no. you know we can all operate and at the end of the day you're not going to please everyone are you you know that's something that you must have learned running your own business you know you're not always going to have you know your best customer might one day wake up and have a bad day as well you know and, yeah you know. absolutely and and here's the thing right for people that are price shopping, you're never going to appease them because they have a different thing in mind, right? Um, since you're in the UK and, and Emmett is in uh, Ireland, uh, in America, there's always a funny thing with firearms where they're like, oh, my hodgepodge rifle is just as good as the $3,000 rifle that, you know, so-and-so uses in the teams. I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> those are very subpar parts. But if you want to go think so, 
you know, it's a free country and you're entitled to your opinions, right? Mm -hmm. And so the same thing happens with watches. We're like, if that makes them happy from the AliExpress, it's just like it. And this is why, you know, there is a rep community where, you know, instead of spending, you know, 15000 here's the thing. You can do with your money and you can vote with your money as yeah. you choose, right? But don't come crying to me when whoever is the end of AliExpress does not return your phone mm -hmm. calls or emails, or let alone who knows if they even have a phone, right? So you get your watch and that's you'll be on your way, right? And yeah. for some people, it's fine, right? I'm sure you have uh, friends of, uh, you know, family and, and folks that just, think that watch is a piece of decorative jewelry, right? Mm -hmm. Where it doesn't even need to tell time. It just, it's there, right? It's, oh, what color is it? Oh, it's gold, right? Oh, it's silver. Oh, it's silver with a tinge of periwinkle, right? And that's all they care about. And then it, it goes into a box and you're like, oh my God, like this is a tangled mess of just stuff you threw in here, right? And, you know, it served a purpose, right? And so that is, you know, one of the costume jewelry industries, customers that is not ours. Mm -hmm. Exactly that. You know, like you said, it's, it's, yeah, what, what you are providing is something completely different, you know, and like you said, it's it, what, you, you know, some of the things that you provide with, along with your watches is basically intangible isn't it really you know um in terms of the companies now then gents like um we spoke about your social media and how it is split uk uh, uk so europe and, and and america you know and you've obviously um said that it is you to running it you know but where can people find you if they you know and how can they get in contact with you how can they engage with you um you know out the back of this podcast yeah, so the Forger Watch is on IG for the USA side, and then the Forger Watch EU is uh, the site that Emmett runs for the EU side of things. Mm -hmm. uh, our website is, uh, you know, forgerwatchco.com. Mm -hmm. And oh, uh, that, yes, so it points to both. So yep. you can get to one to the other. Fantastic. Um, gents, uh, before we move on to closing notes, obviously, and start wrapping the episode um, up, is there anything that you feel that you've missed or any question that you think I've missed about talking to you guys about yourselves, about Forsha, your upcoming projects or anything at all uh, under the sun? No, I mean, I, I think, you know, we, we've got the vintage reissue, which is our broad arrow project. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the, the patrol with HR4K yeah. and, you know, uh, and I, I, I personally, and, and along with Emmett, uh, makes him crazy. Is that we have to get the GMT going, right? Because mm -hmm. this is kind of our thing that originally it was the the second project, right? But as uh, we had the Mark II, which was a request from uh, the folks over at Staccato that kind of kicked us off, and uh, it's kind of morphed into all sorts of uh, mm -hmm. different uh, things. And you know, here we are, you know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I just think for I think twenty twenty four is just going to be quite exciting to follow follow you guys in terms of your releases and your upcoming projects. So I'm I know I'm personally looking forward to seeing how these develop and and, and also see where these watches eventually end up. You know, yes. clearly on in the photos that are allowed to be shared, obviously. But gents, thank you for obviously coming on to the the podcast and giving up your time. Um, We've moved into that element of the episode now where we fortunately got to go into the closing notes and uh, you are my guests. So um, would you like to um, bring up your closing notes, suggestions for my audience, please? Well, since we yeah. have the professor on, you know, uh, we can start with uh, 
Emmett, and then uh, I'll I'll do the second part of it. I'm I'm not a professor yet. Um, <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not, not sure. Not sure. Yeah. But this is this is how really unfortunate nicknames start. Um, no, I, I, it's been it's been great to be, be on the um, on the podcast, and thank you very much, Dan, for, for mm. having us. It's it's great, and and it's you know on a personal note, we've been we've been really really lucky. The people we've come in contact on on this on this you know I'm I, I'm not the emotional one in this pairing, to, so I'm going to use the word um in the most cringy way possible but on this journey so far um it's 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 been it's been really really interesting and this this year is going to be a very very uh, big year mm -hmm. for us i think and uh I'd just like to say you know again thank you for having us on and, and to those those of you who are listening or are watching this uh if you if you're not following us please do please do give us a follow and if you do you know purchase that that that's great i mean we, we are a business after all but at the same time um it's it's a lot more personal than than just uh, trying to make a profit when mm -hmm. when you when you reach out to either the accounts or the email you're you're dealing with one or both of us you know and that's that's really important and at a, at a time a point in human history where you can just click and collect something uh to be able to slow down and be able to say look mm -hmm. i want to talk to someone about this that's kind of where, where what we're about yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. We welcome you guys to the family for those of you guys that have purchased from us. And, uh, you know, we look forward to you guys being a family as you are considering your next purchase with us. Yep. Um, right. Um, gents, like I said, thank you for coming on. I've really enjoyed it and I'm sure and um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, but as 2024 develops, you know, maybe when some of these projects do start coming out, you know, um, into the public domain, as it were, I'd love to have you guys on to talk about, you know, the, you know, the finalizing of certain projects, particularly, I think the, uh, the HR 4k and the patrols watch just because yes. it's interesting that you've broken it down into different demographics for different people that you've got your, your kind of your mindset for, you know, so I'd love to have you to come back on to the podcast to talk about that once that project comes into fruition. Um, my closing note for the podcast um, today um, is going to be a little bit uh, less uh, in-depth. You don't have to think about it, guys. So um, normally it's an audio book because I've managed to, you know, kind of like push my niche into audio books being the closing note. However, I won't lie to you. Um, I just finished off season one or two. I can't remember, maybe both of them um, because they were just on in the background. So I'm in the process of moving to my next location. Um, and with that, obviously, I just put on crap TV in the background while I'm packing boxes. <laughs> but um, I committed to watching Trigger Point, which follows um, effectively UK police EOD through their various uh, <laughs> adventures uh, and crime-based sh crime, crime, uh, um, episodes and all that kind of stuff. Um, not about to say that it is highly accurate, having never been in that in that world. However, I'm just throwing out there, I don't think Vicky McClure is necessarily the correct person to run up towards like a VBIED without a bomb suit on and then just tell people it's all going to be okay. Um, <laughs> if you can look past that and, you know, accept a little bit of the, the you know, the fiction drama, um, just turn off your brain and just watch it for what it is, guys. Um, and, and hopefully you'll get through both seasons. So, um that is my closing note. Emmett, what what closing note did you have again? I believe I noted it down earlier, um, but I know it was a book. Uh, uh, yes, so not a podcast and not something you can listen to. Well, you can, but you, you 
preferably read it, uh, Beirut Rules by our, our good friend and customer Fred Burton uh, about yes. uh, the murder of a station chief and Hezbollah's war against America. So in terms of, you know, not getting into contemporary uh, discussions on, on current events, but certainly uh, a nice Cold War uh, era story that has resonance today. Very interesting. I'll, I've added it to my uh, to my reading list and it also ties in very nicely with uh, your closing notes, Sam. Yes, so, uh, you know, Jack Carr, you know, Devil's Hand. So for those that are new to Jack, you know, definitely a very talented writer. So, yes, you know, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, very stoic there. But, uh, you know, for, the, for those that uh, have not stumbled onto the Jack Carr stuff, uh, definitely recommend the read. And uh, Jack's uh, um, TV show is continuing with a new prequel, Yes, uh, it is, with, isn't it? Uh, from the terminal list, right? And so, two of my favorite actors, and uh, this is going to be a pretty exciting year. Um, so, yeah, we look forward to uh, seeing all that stuff come to fruition. I, I believe he has another book that's about to be released. Yes, I believe that's... the next book is called Is It Red Morning? Yes, yes, that? yes. Yeah, I've um, I, I I've got through um all of the books and the TV. It's series. amazing. It's it's really well done. I, the way I describe it to guy the, to guys and girls who haven't read it or heard of him is the fact that it's enough. There's enough real in the fiction to make it believable, yes. right? You know, um, his attention to detail. You know, again, all the way through this episode, mm-hmm. we've spoken about attention to detail. Um, is is phenomenal. Um, and I think it just really brings his characters and the scenarios and the storylines alive. But guys, I hope you've enjoyed your time with me on the podcast. Oh, I absolutely. certainly have, and I like I said, I look forward to you know tying down uh your calendars uh later on in twenty twenty four to talk about your projects as they come to to fruition. Um, guys. Um, obviously listening thank you very much um i've got nothing else for you until the next episode um the next episode is looking like it's going to be a continuation of the five watch collection mini series is now what i'm going to call it um with joe and justin over at the recon team watch blog and say coded um also go give those guys a follow gents thank you very much for giving up your time for me this evening and i will talk to you soon excellent so much Dan. Thank you.